Dear Romance Besties, this season we will be exploring dark romance. That means I need to give y'all a little trigger warning. We are going to be reading books where consent is murky at best. There will be triggering topics of psychological and physical abuse, manipulation, kidnapping, slavery, rape, bullying, bodice ripping, and sexual assault on the page. If this is not your cup of tea, we get it. We have lots of great books for you in our previous seasons and more coming up next season. Without further ado, Shani, welcome to the dark side. Ooh, thank you, Bridget. I'm ready. Hope to see you all there. Well, hello, everyone in Wetlands. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. You guys want to hear something very exciting? Shawnee is in my very own home today, Woo-hoo. recording in person. Very, very excited. I called her the other day and was like, Bridget, can I come over? <laughs> I need to see your face, Bridget, can I come over? She and I was, was like, like, obviously, why aren't you already here? You could have just shown up and I would have been ecstatic. <laughs> As you guys may or may not know, depending on when you tuned into the old podcast, when Shawnee came back from spending seven months in Florida last year, she did surprise me and popped over to my house unexpectedly. I thought I wasn't going to see her for a few days. And she actually took a video of me running and skipping to the front door like a little psycho. (laughs) And it was a glorious, glorious surprise. Shawnee, are you ready to talk about Pet by Isabella Starling? I thought you were going to say, are you ready to sneak attack you once you move to Chicago? Um, Obviously, (laughs) I I would like you to do that also. I am very excited about you coming for extended stays to Uh obviously (laughs) work on the podcast. Absolutely. And just hang out and like eat Reese's also. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> okay, Bridget, absolutely, that's happening. And also, I'm ready to talk about this book. Okay, before we talk about the book, I do want to do a quick shout out to our friendly patrons. Special shout out to our patrons, Nisi. Hi, Nisi. We now know how to say your name and what it is. And we are so happy to have you. And also to Amanda P., who's now going to be getting our naughty, naughty book box. Ooh, Amanda. Dear patrons, our new stickers have gone out in the mail, so keep an eye on your mailboxes. And if you guys would like to become a part of the patron community and hang out with us and get extra reviews, watch movies with us, and just all sorts of fun stuff with me and Shawnee, head to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance or pop that link in the show notes of whatever app you are listening in. I like it, Bridget. You delivered that smooth, man, like Thank Sade. You. I felt like it went really well. It's until it. you called me out in front of all of our dear listeners. I'm just saying. And now I'm going to say, let's get it popping. Okay. It's time. The people don't want to I mean, wait. now that you tantalized me, let's get it popping. <laughs> let's go. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, as you all know, we're talking about Pet with Isabella Starling, a standalone book this time, not a series. Although I will say that Peep Show, also by the same author, has the exact same font and like cover style, although it is also a standalone. Um, So they're not in a series. They're not related, but they're like coverly related. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Nice. Fun fact. (laughs) What did you think of the cover art? Um, Yes. I'm sorry, what now? Um, uh, I was here for this cover art. I, Obviously. <laughs> I like skin. I like when yes. skin is showed. I like that there's two guys paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. I like that we get the good neck view and the elongated good neck, neck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like this um, neon pink. Uh, I loved it. It was like a neon light, neon sign 
that said pet. Yes. I was here for it. It's like that whoever designed this knows how to use Canva. Yes. And I was like, yes. Yes. I, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was super hot. Dark romance. I was like, okay, there's two dudes, one girl. When's it going to happen? How is it going to happen? What's going to happen? And I was there for it. Shani, tell the people about the narrator of this book. There were three narrators. There was Ava Erickson, CJ Mission, and Joe Arden. Okay. Uh, and honestly, they did it for me. Like, I I didn't even notice them as narrators, and I think that's a solid narration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me. If I don't notice the narration, I'm like, that was good. You got me through the book. <laughs> there you have it people you can uh, listen i will say i do want to just like give one caveat so if you guys are new listeners and there's lots of you hello welcome to the podcast um shawnee always reads the audiobooks and there are some dark romances that we were recommended over and over that we weren't actually able to do on the podcast because they don't have audiobooks um a couple of which i will be talking about on patreon including call the coroner by avril ashton um we actually did read one of her other books and interviewed her you guys should definitely check that out they were awesome um, and also Sicko by Ammo Jones. You guys recommended this like off the charts and I read it and I have fucking thoughts, people. So <laughs> make sure you come to Patreon because I have a need to talk about this. Um, and there's a couple other ones that I'm still like working my way through, but I'll, I'll let you guys know. But the reason I just want you to know we did not choose some books was because of the lack of audiobook, not because we weren't excited about the dark romance. Yeah. Come on, man. Make it accessible out there, authors. Yes. For me. For Shani. <laughs> Do it for Shani. Do it for me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to hit you with the synopsis. This is not the actual official synopsis. This is the Bridget synopsis. Because the official synopsis was misleading, I thought. <laughs> so give you a quick synopsis that actually tells a little story about the book. So our main character, Sapphire, is just over 18, has distanced herself from her parents and her whole old life. All friends, family, isn't going to college, taking a quote-unquote gap year. She meets King at a filling-in-for-a-friend catering job and is immediately drawn to him, and he's drawn to her, equal parts wanting to take care of her and hurt her, and also bang her. They start a dizzying master-submissive relationship, and he is, like, super obsessed with her past abuse that he finds out about, And she's equally obsessed about pushing his buttons in order to get punished. And everything seems to be going, like, well until one of the sort of assignments he gives her is to go out and find a stranger and have sex with him. And she meets stranger. And, you know, what happens if she wants them both now? What will her obsessive master do? Mm. So that's kind of the gist. I will say that the description makes it seem more like – they're both doms and like the original description that they're both doms and that she's going to like be a submissive for both of them. Um, And I do want to like get your thoughts about it because we don't meet stranger until 50% in the book. I know when we were chatting and I said something like, Oh, it's supposed to be a menage. And you were like, what now? I was like, yeah, I was still thinking about it. I haven't met anybody else yet in this book. And so I want to hear, before we, like, go too much into the plot stuff, like, what did you think about the fact that the third person didn't get introduced so late? So you're correct. I had no idea. You were like, oh, Minash. I'm like, I'm halfway through this book, and I have not <laughs> met another person. And also, I can't imagine the first relationship is so established at this yeah. point. How can another person come in? Right. Um, and you know I'm always about a menage. I yes. love a menage. Yes. Like, can I have a menage for breakfast? Can I have yes. a menage for lunch? Yes. But, like, I... This one, this menage was not, was awkward for me. Yeah. Like, it it was weird. <laughs> and I was like, I want to enjoy this more, and I, and I feel really weird about it. Well, yeah, it was, 
Um, th- so I'm going to just assume a few things about Shishani right now. For assume. The people. So it was weird because King didn't want it. Mm-hmm. which I think probably for you would make it less hot because you're like, no, you should both be into this, like giving her all this pleasure, like get together. <laughs> um, also, it was weird because he just like showed up. I do have to say, though, that so I agree with you. I think one of the main flaws of the book was that we didn't have time to be as connected with Stranger as we were with King. Yeah. And in, in, especially in the sense that we got to be literally in King's mind because it was told from a dual um, yes. Narration. And then it was told also from strangers a little bit, but he was only in, it was only told from like, maybe there's only like three or four times that it was from his point of view. And so, or it felt like it. So there wasn't as much time to like get into what he was thinking. I will say though, that he had for me two of the hottest scenes in the whole book, <laughs> the initial scene where she meets him, which was, I thought great. Yeah. Like when he sends her out there and like lingerie, which is the coat over it. And she's like, sort of in this, like, high in her mind, like, everyone's, like, lusting after her, and then she finds Stranger, and he just, like, he doesn't, he just, like, okay, we're doing this? Okay. He just takes her back, <laughs> just bangs her up against the windows, and I was like, Stranger, that was a good entrance that into was, a novel. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and came then, in with a bang. You came in with a literal bang, <laughs> and I liked it. And then the second one, when they're in the bar, and he's like, would you let him take you in the bathroom? This is my quote for later. I'm going to paraphrase now. I'm going to give you the full sexy corner later, but. When he's like, you know, starts dirty talking to her at the bar. And I was like, oh, stranger. Ooh, what you doing, stranger? Does dirty talk. I, uh, so I had a couple issues and I'll bring them up now because like, okay. So when you do a dual perspective, when we're Mm -hmm. in King's mind Mm -hmm. and we're in, you know, spoiler alert, let me just start by saying that. Um, but you're in King's mind. You're in Pet's mind at some point. Oh, yeah. Sapphire's your- becomes Pet immediately. Oh, yeah. He only ever calls her Pet. Sorry, I forgot to mention that in my synopsis. My bad. <laughs> um, well, go read the book, people. You'll God. know. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, so in Pet's mind, Felix's mind, King's mind, and... Felix is stranger. Felix is stranger. And the thing that was weird for me is what's weird for me in every book that tries to give you every point of view. Yeah. Which is that no, at no time in King's mind do you... Does he talk about how he's pre- he's sick and how he's preparing no her? Oh, okay. Uh, Shawnee's about to. Shawnee does huge spoil the whole ending, which ah, is fine. Shit. We do that every time. <laughs> Obviously, you guys know us by now. We spoil everything. Uh, twist, twist, twist. The twist, twist, twist. twist. <laughs> does out of the goddamn blue at the very, very, very end of the book, maybe two and two chapters from the end, we find out that not only is King terminally ill with cancer. Has left her an enormous amount of money, but also he's already dead and the funeral already happened. So yeah. she has no chance to say goodbye. <laughs> and the reason why he pushed her away is because he knew he was dying and he didn't want her to like be there for it. And also, like, he said he would have killed her. I mean, he also kills her uh, rapist uh, when she was a child. And He's like, I would have done it regardless if I wasn't dying. But, like, I also just didn't give a fuck about leaving evidence or anything. So I was like, well, I'm dying anyways. What are they going to do? <laughs> and I was like, Touché. No, but I totally agree with you. I think it's, it's, I think it's so annoying. It's the way I feel about Frozen because there were no clues at all that Hans is evil until all of a sudden he's evil. Yeah. Even if you watch it, every time she turns away, he should have made a sinister face. And he didn't. And yeah. that's bad filmmaking and storytelling. Or at least some soap. Don't make me get on my Frozen soapbox, Shawnee. You know I got soapbox <laughs> my Frozen. <laughs> you know I got a Princess and the Frog soapbox. Yeah. We, got, we, listen. 
every time I watch Frozen with my kid, my husband's like, you just want to heckle this whole movie. And I'm like, and I tell my kid, I'll be like, who's the real villain? And she's like, Elsa. And I'm like, good for you. Who's the hero? Anna. Okay, good. I'm glad you know who the hero of this movie is. It's Anna, everyone. Come at me. Frozen is telling you it's complicated. There's there's a lot of gray. <laughs> there's no gray. She has terrible parents who child abuse her sister. Uh, it's a terrible book. It's, it's terrible yeah, movie. It's pretty bad. Um, but the songs are so good. And Olaf, I mean, summer gets me every time. Yo, I I don't gets know if we talked. To, okay, I I gotta go on this tangent because I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast. Tell me. But uh, I watched. I, I said to somebody that I don't like in The Princess of the Frog that they make the voodoo doctor a villain. Right. Because voodoo is a religion. It's people's religion. Mm-hmm. And they're basically vilifying that religion because it's right. an African people's religion. Right. So I don't like that. Right. Um, and I was like, they would never make a priest. And then my friend said to me, oh, they have made a priest. And I was like, what? And then they brought up uh, Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre, of Notre- <laughs> Yes. Yep. And he put on this song for me where the priest is singing about if he can't have Esmeralda, he will burn her. Mm-hmm. She's tempting him and he must burn her. Yeah. And I was like, I watched this yeah. as a child. Yeah. Well, he what also in the actual fuck? He, he actually, I mean, he locks Quasimodo in the tower because he tells Quasimodo, like, no one will ever love you because you look horrible. Like, he's a bad person. What? Yeah. <laughs> So I I agree with you about the voodoo doctor thing. Not necess- not although you make a good point. Not because of his religion, but because um, I think he was just like uh, not a very well done villain. Like Disney specializes in really good One, villains. Yeah, and I think he was like for me at least more like campy almost, mm-hmm. and like 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 his motives were very silly. <laughs> like oh, I just want like. A little bit more, I don't know, like he just seemed very like he just wanted to be like he just wanted to like be rich or like yeah. run the town. And I'm like, at least Ursula wanted to like kill everyone and make them into little tiny slaves. Exactly. And, like, you know, like rule the seas with exactly. that iron. Exactly. If fist. you're gonna be a villain, shoot high. Yeah, shoo exactly. High. At least Scar wanted to own the whole Pride Lands and was willing to let everyone die for it. Yes. For it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, that guy just wanted a seat at the table. All the other yeah. villains, they're building their own damn tables. Exactly. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta do but, it. But anyways, that always blows my mind. When I watch this as an adult, I, yeah. I I've been rethinking all of the conditioning that yeah. I've gone through as a child, as a yeah. young woman, as a yeah. you know, whatever growing up. Yeah. And boy, it is baffled. it is like fucking up my brain. I'm I mean, packing all this shit. There's I, like there sometimes is I pack it no, back. <laughs> there are almost no Disney movies where like Brave is one of the first Disney movies where she doesn't have a love interest and mm-hmm. also she has both parents. And they're both good parents. Yeah. But almost every other Disney movie, Broken Home, either one or both parents are dead immediately before the movie <laughs> starts or they die immediately. <laughs> Even Nemo, Ma dies right oh, at the beginning. I mean, like, like Nemo. it's just category. That's how they, they structure their stories. I feel like even Wally. Like, Wally. Yeah, Wally's alone. Like, he's alone. He has no friends, <laughs> no parents. Eve is alone. Oh, it's a sad day. I don't know. All how... those little babies didn't have parents. They were like grown in incubators. Remember when all the babies slide? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then she tells the guy, I hope you like babies. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I can't even walk. My bones are oh, so Oh my squishy. God. I feel like yeah. we have to smoke a little like before you leave and watch Wally because I feel like I fucking love Wally. I'm rewatching all these old shows and I'm like unpacking traumas in the process. I'm like, why? What the hell? Like, I watched an old Christian um, 
video that my parents had us sing it. <laughs> they were going to say Christian Slater, and I was like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christian Slater. That would have been better. I Tell wished, me more. I Which wished, one? I've seen them all. <laughs> I wish my mom had it forcibly watched made me watch Christians later. Um, but she used to pre-tape everything we could watch as children. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in this... Honey, I watched Terminator at like four years old. I, yes, I, I did not. <laughs> not a chance. My mom beat my dad up because he let me watch this like R-rated movie where yeah. people were getting shot in the head that I still to this day remember um, when I was like four. But anyways, so we sang on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and we watched this so many times and my mom would let us watch like super book and things like that, all this Christian programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back the other day to show my partner like, Oh, this, we sang on this thing and we watched it a million times. And there's a song in there called loyalty. And it is a basically uh, the 10 commandments. The whole thing's about the 10 commandments. And so there's a song called loyalty, not about adultery. And the entire thing is framed as it being the woman's fault. Sure. Not to let the guy stray. Of course. In cartoon form. Of course. Of course. And I was appalled yeah yeah <laughs> i was like because did you see that the the mega churches are doing a whole thing about little nas x's like devil shoes <laughs> yeah and he's like he's like you guys are really preaching about the shoes like come on but, yeah <laughs> come I, on. I just i it baffles yeah. my mind but you know like i left church when i was 15 i was like i can't do this this yeah. is not this is not for me but but like it's it was just so interesting to me. Like I was two days earlier, I kept I was having a conversation where I was like, why do I feel such a sense of loyalty to my partners? Why do I stay in relationships I shouldn't be in for too long? Mm-hmm. And it's literally my sense of loyalty that keeps me working on it. Um and I then I watched this video and I was like, fuck. Like I feel like I didn't stand a chance. Like this is the framing that if it your relationship doesn't work out, it's the woman's issue not his there's a there's a scene where the guy is literally like doing that auga eyes Mm -hmm. to another like rabbit he's a rabbit like to another rabbit and the girl's like pulling him back Mm -hmm. and i was just like yo i watched this at like six and seven years old yeah like this is crazy i I mean that is i mean it's so prevalent because i get uh i get crap now currently in my life for my husband's family like it's my fault that he's not closer to them and i'm like it ain't my fault. He's your fucking. He's your fucking family member. Like, I'm not. I'm not the problem. They. Th- I. I mean, I honestly know for sure that they think I'm the problem. And I'm like, I'd see you. I just no. Yeah, I got no problems with y'all. I ain't, got, I, I ain't got no problems with y'all. Call it. Call it. Call your own family member. <laughs> Don't make me feel like I have. And I've had my my own family has said that to me. Yeah. And also, I've heard it from his family. Yeah, but you're the. And I'm like. The what now? The wife? Well, true. But also, I'm not responsible for everything. No, man. that's Also, I've had numerous people say to me, because I work from home, like, yeah, but you don't work. And I'm like, yes, I, do. I just don't go to an <laughs> office. I do work, though. And I'm like, but even if I did work, it still wouldn't be my responsibility. Yeah. And even if I didn't work and I full-time raised my children... Still wouldn't be my responsibility. Still wouldn't be your responsibility. Still not mine. So I'm here to tell you guys, if you get shit from anyone in your family or your in-laws or friends or whatever who are like, yeah, but like you should just do, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. you don't have to do it. <laughs> Permission from Bridget that you can just say, 
nope, not my responsibility. Thank you. No. And, no, and thank you. In Patreon, I'm going to post, I have a, because I like to pre-script things I'm going to say to people when, for things that I know that are coming up, right? <laughs> and I have a whole script for telling people to mind their own business. <laughs> I have like 10 different ways you well, can say good. it. that's <laughs> good. Yeah, put that on Patreon. That's good. I'm going to post that. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this book, Johnny. The people are here for the book. So I do want to say a few things about this book. I'm just kidding. There's a lot of things. So the first time they have sex. Yes. She's a virgin. He knows that. Which, can you feel the hymen through fingering? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, I was reading in the book and I was like, I guess maybe if like he has long fingers. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I honestly don't know. Um, so then he takes her home and they're like messing around and he ties her in this chair with a vibrator between her legs. And then he calls someone else over and then fucks that woman in front of her. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that is some dark romance craziness. Yes. And so then they're in bed later. And he, she's like, uh, I want you to have sex with me. Like, you know, I want you to like have sex with me the first, first time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, no. And then finally, and then she all of a sudden is like, don't do it. I don't want you to have sex with me. Don't fuck me. And I was like, get him with that reverse get psychology. Him, get, him, get him. Get him. You gonna get him. You gonna get him. <laughs> and then she does. And I was like, good for you, little pet. Good for you. Taunt that man into taking your virginity. Oh, man. I mean, I the one thing I liked about Pet in the book yeah. was that I didn't uh, always feel like she was like, like a simpering idiot, which I feel a lot of times in dark romance. Mm-hmm. Like they're just so vulnerable and so right. like can't protect themselves. Right. Um, I liked that Pet was kind of taking her destiny in her own hands. She's yeah. like, this is something I want to do. I'm kind of fucked up and twisted in my head and I want right. to try these things and do these things. Right. Um, and so that was actually exciting about Pet. There's one thing I don't understand from this scene. Tell me. And maybe it was spelled out somewhere and birth you can control. help me. No, not oh. the birth control, but that's a whole issue I would like, I would really like to talk about. Okay. But um, he calls Angel over and fucks Angel right. in front of her. And right. he's like, this has to happen in his, in his inner dialogue. Right, he's right. like, I'm doing this for a reason, a reason. And I don't actually know what we the don't reason know what it is. is. I think the reason was that he want, he didn't want her to fall in love with him because he knew he was, well, we didn't know, but he knew he was going to die. And so he was like, I have to make sure she knows, like, I am not the good guy who she's going to end up with. Oh, and that, that I will sense. I will always hurt her. Because that that was at least my interpretation, but it was never spelled out. Yeah, but that could make sense. I could see how that could be. But I was also like, at the end of the book, I was like, what was the exact reason? Yeah. Like, so she could have a I friend. I mean, and then I was also <laughs> thinking, like, maybe so that she would know her place. Yeah. Like, you're my pet, and, like, I'll fuck whoever I want in front of you kind of thing. Yeah, and I had so, pets before you, and yeah, I'll have pets Yeah, I had pets before you. you, I'll have pets after you. That was kind of what I was thinking, too. It was like, yeah. you're not special. Um, Even though she was, and he, like, let her sleep in his bed and whatnot. Yeah. Also, like, when you're really sick with cancer, or even if you don't have treatment, like, you would be, like, pretty noticeably sick, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, it's, I, don't know. I mean, I don't know if you could fuck, like, all day long, all the time. <laughs> like, you're like you're a 40-year-old man with cancer, and you can keep up with your little 18-year-old fuck toy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, actually. I don't know about that. If you guys, uh, you know what, maybe some of you are doctors out there, or nurses, or some sort of professional. Or you've gone know, through it and Or you've gone through something. it, and you might know the answer, but I hunch 40 year olds with cancer who are terminal 18 year old fuck toys not a good mix might might be might be difficult not impossible because it wasn't like the end of the book so like from the time that they broke up i'll say broke up loosely at this point we'll talk about the incident but like from the time that they stopped being together to the time that he died was only like 
like, was she pregnant? I, yet? I thought it was like six months or something. Was she pregnant yet when he she found out that he was dead? Yeah, she was pregnant. She knew she was pregnant. So Jane, like, Jane, did you read this book? Hi guys, Jane, producer Jane here. Oh, I did. <laughs> I read it. Okay, what how long do you know how long they were together? It's not specified, but she is pregnant by the time she gets home. Like before and he died? Yeah. So, okay, I think okay. she said she was in her second trimester. So that would be like, let's say five five yeah. months-ish, six months, and then plus an extra. So like, let's say he's now, he's, they've been, well, but she, he was the one who knocked her up. So they haven't seen her for, for like six months. Yeah, and there was a one point in the book where a few months had gone five by. Months. I yeah. remember them okay. saying like, oh, and we settled into like, you know, or whatever. Okay. So, so that's a couple. Okay. So it's been like six months, let's say, yeah. from the time that they break up to the time that he dies. So maybe he was not in the very, very end stages yet. Yeah, but he would have definitely been having some sort of symptoms and stuff. If he had so. been diagnosed, that means he went to the doctor because well, something was sta- going. If he had denied treatment, he's definitely like stage four. Like, yeah, but that means treatment. he's already having symptoms. Sure, he sure, went sure. To go oh, get he'd diagnosed. be having like sweating, yeah. losing weight. Yeah, for sure. You know, losing so hair maybe. It's interesting, but I don't know that much about cancer. Yeah, like. So I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to speak we'll, too we'll much move, on this. We'll move away from the cancer. But let's talk about something else that I do want to talk about. Please start. And let's talk about the no birth control, no condoms. Please. Okay. Because so she says at the beginning in that first sex scene, he's like fucking her raw. And she's like, oh, but I'm not protected. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. And that's my like, quote, Bridget. That's my quote. Oh, please tell the people <laughs> the exact quote, honey. Tell them. That was my quote. My quote is, <clears throat> pull out, don't come. No. But I'm not protected. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually, for a dark romance era, was like, that's hot. That's I, a dark I, romance I was, right there. I was I like, get was it. there for it, Bridget. I know I you was were. There was a lot it. of cum stuff in this book, as was there a breeding thing at the end, which I thought you'd be excited about. We'll talk about that. I have a, bar- I have a yes. note about that. Um, so they don't mention at the beginning. Well, clearly she got knocked up. So, like, clearly yeah. she was not on birth control yet. And then she gets on birth control at some point because Felix mentions, Stranger mentions that like when she moves into his house that she takes a pill every day. Yeah. Which but I it was think we're, unspecified I think, pill. I know, it was unspecified. And so I think we're meant to think that it's birth control. Yeah. But I'm also wondering if maybe it wasn't birth control and, or maybe if it was, but she started taking it too late because she had already gotten pregnant or something like that. Yeah. Because her, her whole relationship with King is short. It only happens over the course of, like, of a month yeah, or something, or, like, maybe two. I think minutes. it was, like, a few months, because she that's when she was talking about, oh, we've been settled doing this for a few months or something like that. Oh, I thought she said weeks, but maybe you're right, maybe it's months. But even so, it was a very, I mean, it was, like, a quarter of a year. Yeah. It was a very short amount of time. Whirlwind. So, a whirlwind, one might call it. I mean, she <laughs> moved into his house, like, the next day. Yeah. I mean, like, the day after she met him. So it was well, quite, she got kicked out of her her. She did get kicked out of her apartment. Um. I do, I do agree with you, though. I think she could have been, consider, especially considering her backstory, she could have been a very, like, weak character. Yeah. And I thought she was actually great, because after they, she had sex with Stranger the first time, she knew King was mad and didn't want him to come back, and she was still like, but I'm going to tell him anyways. I want him to come back. Yeah. She's like, when's he coming back? Bring him back for me. And so I liked that aspect of her. And, like, when her parents were like, we're going to keep you here, and she was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here, and yeah. left. Um. And the backstory we're talking about is that uh, King finds out that she was raped as like a five, like starting at five by the same person. And she won't say who it is. And she like self-harmed. Um, and and then you find out later that her therapist in high school or her counselor or whatever 
like tried to like fuck her and then also like basically like denied all her applications to college and like ruined her future because he was malicious because she wouldn't like have sex with him. Which really quickly, can do therapists have the power to do that? Like, well, he's like a counselor. So it, was I, weird it sounded for me. like what happened was that he he called the schools. You can because I mean counselors have a lot of like leeway. Like I got a recommendation I think from one of my counselors. At, like because they're not a counselor in like a therapist kind of way. They're a counselor in like a, they help you find your colleges. Oh, okay, they I thought you. he was a therapist. Well, he was now, but I think when oh. he was there, he was like the school counselor. So the Got school it. counselor, like you might talk to if someone's bullying you or you yeah, might talk to, but you might also talk to them if you're like anxious about class or if you're like, oh, I'm debating between these four colleges and they would help you like look at the colleges. Like they're yeah. not always about, because I the only time I ever saw my counselor was about college. It wasn't like about things you would see a therapist for. It was more like academically related. Yeah. And... But, like, if, let's say I had applied to a college, they know what colleges you apply to. Because I think you, like, I think we told the school what colleges you apply to. And because um, they send your, like, test scores or whatever for you. Oh, okay. Um, I think. I don't remember. Oh, it's been a long it's time been a, since it's I been a minute. Jane's nodding. Jane went through this more recently like, yeah, because okay. Jane's in college I, now. I was like, I don't remember. Jane's this. nodding along, though, so it feels like what I'm saying has some veracity. Um, but... Anyways, so they he could theoretically call and be like, oh, hey, University of Minnesota, actually, like, Bridget lied on her transcripts or actually, like, she blah, blah, blah. Like, they could theoretically do it. And the college, I mean, why wouldn't the college believe them if no one calls to, like, if she doesn't yeah. call the college to be like, hey, that guy is a Looney Tune and blah, blah, blah. Like, if she just accepts it, then the college would believe someone who works for the school, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think that the, I would hope that that does not happen where someone is like ruining someone's future. Um, I mean, but, <laughs> but anyway, so that's like the reason why she left her parents yeah. and like left all her friends behind is because she like had been told as a child that she was bad by this guy who's raping yeah. her, which she had internalized. And then, and they find out later that she was planning to commit suicide. Right. Exactly. Um, and he also didn't, rape her vaginally he raped her anally so the first time that king is going to have sex with her anally she like completely shuts down and goes blank and yeah. that's when he finds out and she finally tells him and then i do want to talk about this shani because you know how i feel about heroes who are making all kinds of decisions for the woman without asking her any goddamn questions so yes. he digs into her past even though she asked him not to yeah which I was like, you know what? I'm fine with it because you're clearly a dark romance hero and you're going to murder this guy. And I feel like he needs to be murdered because he's a pedophile. So I'm okay with it. And then he does find him. He breaks the counselor's arm, which I was like, good for you. He deserves yeah. a minimally a broken arm. And he ruins his entire career. And I was like, good. He should never be someone's therapist ever again. He's a terrible human being. And then he goes to the guy who's the rapist. And not only was he raping her, but there were other girls and he is raping his own daughter. And he makes him kill himself by shooting himself. And I was like, I'm not mad at it. What I am unhappy about <laughs> is that you didn't tell her any of this was going on. You didn't yeah. even tell her after he died that you don't ever have to, like, worry he'll come after you again. Yeah. Because he had been sending her, like, escalatingly crazy and scary emails, which he knew she had read most of. And But he didn't even, like, put her mind at ease, which I was mad about. And he decides for her that she doesn't get to, like, be with him while he's dying. Yeah. Which I was like, that. that's a pussy-ass bitch move. Yeah, bruh. that's the equivalent of when they leave and they go off yes. or whatever. Yeah, I was like. And it was even worse womp. because she got an email or a letter from his estate saying, like, with the letter he wrote her, like, detailing it all out. 
that it was after his funeral. So not, she didn't even get to go to the funeral yeah. to say goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, you bitch. And then, like, to cap all of this off, I'm like, who are you to decide this? Because she, I, like, you... Like, let's talk about the bottle scene. Because you, like, Yo. almost permanently injured her and ruined her ability to ever have children. Yo, the When you bottle. were crazy. And then you did, like, and then you were like, oh, I can never, that's too far. And I'm like, yeah, bro. It was too far. It was yeah. so far. So. It was weird for me. Like, I when. Okay. I was mad. Pussy ass butch move. Uh, Stop Pam. trying to make decisions for other people. <laughs> Let her make her own goddamn decisions. We don't like Pabs on this show, y'all. <laughs> like, so. The whole thing about him going to kill the counselor guy or whatever yeah. was so strange that he, when he came back and uh, he didn't say anything. Yeah. And then he got weird. Like, yeah, she he was, was like, what's going on with him? He's getting real erratic and weird right. or whatever. And then that bottle scene happens as the culmination of him just being weird after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then it, like, he, he fucks up, breaks a bottle in her vagina. Yeah. So what happens is and her and Stranger see each other in real life and they're like flirting at the bar. They don't fuck around or anything. I mean, there's like some definitely some petting and like some some teasing and stuff, but like they don't like have sex or whatever. He just like walks her home and King finds out about it, invites Stranger over and she wants to have sex with them both. And he's like, well, you don't get our dicks because you like hung out with Stranger behind my back. And so he fucks her with this bottle, which she's, like, totally fine with because it's very humiliating and, like, part of her kink. So she's, like, turned on by it. But at one point, Stranger's like, I think she's had enough. And he's like, no, she hasn't. And then he, like, does it so much harder that it breaks inside of her. Yeah. So a stranger has to pick glass out of her vagina. Yes. And then King just leaves. He leaves and goes and locks himself in the bathroom while he's trying to get glass out of her. And then before they leave, she's just, like, He's like, I want to say goodbye. And she's like, it's okay. So she's just like, bye. And then they leave. First of all, he doesn't take her immer- immediately to an emergency center. Yeah. And I Why was does like, he ask? stranger, you don't ask the traumatized child who just had glass broken in her vagina. I have had sutures in my vagina. And let me tell you now, you take them right to the hospital. You could bleed out from that shit. Fee- That's how people bleed out after birth. Because there is blood coming out of yeah. So that's so dangerous. There could have been glass stuck in there still. Also, was it sanitary? We don't know if it was sanitary. She could have had an infection. She probably did have an infection. Shawnee, they should have gone to the hospital. They gone to I the am hospital. not happy about that scene. <laughs> so the one thing I'll say is like in dark romance, I've been like asking for like, give me the darkness, like sure, go sure, into sure. the darkness. Yeah, you, have. you know? And a lot of these books that I read off the podcast are super dark. Yeah. And I realized in this moment that there's some things I don't want in any book, dark romance or not. And that's yeah. a broken glass bottle in a vagina. Too like, far. That's too just far. not my. It's too far. Can I, skip, can I skip ahead, everyone, and just tell you what my review is? Because <laughs> it's related to this? Yes. Okay. Skip ahead. Um, it's from Jessa, and she rated it two stars, which I don't necessarily agree with the two stars, but her entire review is, the bottle scene did me in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, too fucking shay. It's like hard to come back from. Very and then hard it got, to come back from. And then after that, it got really weird, because she didn't really want to be with Stranger, and it was like, no. 
you know, it, it, but King had set that up, but she didn't know he set it up. And it yeah, then you find out in the letter that he like picked stranger. And yeah. I'm like, how? Because she bumped into like 20 other people on the way. Yeah. So like, how did you pick him? It, it and made no it sense. didn't make any sense because it wasn't like stranger was like walking down the street in front of their apartment because he was waiting for a job and the job was supposed to be at their building because King had hired him to be there. Yeah. And that was the thing. He was like on a stoop, like a block over. Yeah. And I'm like, she could have been picked up by anyone, anyone. at that point. And and it didn't make sense because one we didn't hear that in King's head no right and we had he actually I went back to to listen yeah. he actually has thoughts about it at that time and nothing says like okay I knew I I planned this shit right. you know like no I almost wish that. it did though because had we had any inkling that King chose Stranger but I knew he chose Stranger I knew the author was gonna do that like you did from the minute that Stranger came in I knew King had put it all in place because it's like a Dom thing mm. you know and like. I mean, but it was weak. It was I didn't weak think he chose. I didn't think he chose it because it like seemed so random. Like, had it been something where they like went out to a bar and he was like, "Go talk to that guy," or like it was more like felt more well, orchestrated. Like this felt very chaotic. Like Bridget, this was not a control situation. And a dom to me feels like it should be a control well, that's, situation. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is weak, right? Yeah. I knew that the author was going to make this happen, but yeah. there was nothing justifying her decision. Gotcha. For them to, gotcha. to meet. Gotcha. Like, because yeah. you're absolutely right. She met so many other fools yeah. before him. Yeah. Like, and he's the one. Like, woo. Yeah. You know, but does she, because there's something about her that, that attracts people who want to just fuck her in the ass with very little consent to, to none. And no lube. <laughs> and I mean, this poor girl needs some lube she in her does. life. I mean, I know people use spit, but some people spit. It's not that, it's not that lubey. <laughs> Don't make that face, Bridget. <laughs> I personally, as I think I have mentioned on the podcast before, do not like spit to be involved in my sexual experiences. It is not at all one of my kinks. Um, in fact, I was fooling around with someone I remember one time when I lived in Chicago and he like spit on his hand at one point, and I was like, "Thanks very much. I'm going home." I was like, "I don't know what you're doing, but I don't feel like I should be a part of it." That's like, this was enough for me. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> I, like it's it is very much like spitting for me is like on the sports field. Like you you're can... outdoors, you're spitting in the grass. It's like it, it it for me it does not like. I've seen those like porns where it's like someone spits in someone else's mouth and I'm oh and I get kissing like your spit goes in other people's mouth. Yeah. Fine with that. But like literally spitting, if someone spit in my mouth, I think I might vomit. Honestly, Bridget, like it's not a kink I have. And so whenever I see something that where they're like, oh, they spit on her and then and I'm like, <laughs> one spit does not feel like enough lubrication. Like no, you'd have to be spitting no, quite a bit no. to get enough lubrication on a entire penis to yeah. put it in a butt. I yeah, think. yeah, you do. Unless you get a micro. Because think about when you're giving a blowjob. If you like, you're. It's like the first time you lick them. It's not like their entire penis is now wet. No, you just get the tacky. Yeah. The first go around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, I felt bad for her. I was like, you guys. I know she likes pain, but like, get a little bottle of lube and leave it in the playroom. That's that's what I'm saying. I like, so I'm with you in terms of spit is not my kink. It's no. one of the things that turns me off. Um, yeah. It's it it depends on necessarily like I might do it for myself, but 
I firmly believe but that you if, wouldn't like spit on you probably like no, no. lick your fingers I or just, something I would lick my fingers yeah, like, but like honking a loogie no I've, don't I've seen you honk a loogie at me <laughs> I've seen people honk <laughs> loogies like in in fucking porn yeah and I've just been like nope and then I have to turn it off yeah. you know and I understand that it can be some people's kink because like cum is my kink mm-hmm. right and other people are like fuck that I don't want that shit yeah um but like it's definitely like there's a couple jet setting Jasmine and King Noir who I love. They're this like black porn couple mm-hmm. and they do like conscious parenting and like all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I just really enjoy them. And I honestly have followed them on Instagram for so many years and never actually went to go look at their actual porn because I didn't really care. Yeah. But then one day I decided to. I was uh-huh. like, let me just go look it up. You know, oh, they had no. posted Did a it link. shatter the illusion for you. First of all, in the first <laughs> in the first sixty seconds, she's like under him and he just spits a, a loogie dead in her mouth. Oh. And I said, nope. No. Okay, <laughs> you guys, I do want to I do want to call I out never... something that Shawnee said, which is this totally might be your kink. And we are not shaming you. We're just expressing it's not ours. Yes. If it's yours and it's consensual and your partner likes it too, spit away, my do friends. You. Do you. Whatever turns you on. But for me and clearly Shawnee, it's just not our MO. So anyways, let's move on from it. But I do want to say, get some goddamn lube. Yeah. Before we end this podcast, like before we get to the end, yeah. I want to have a real talk about birth control. Yes. And breeding and raw. Please. Because I don't think we've ever had this conversation Okay, before. well, it is next on my list of things to talk about. Okay, the breeder see. fantasy. It is the first time we've had one in a book. You are correct. Yes. I will read you the quote because it's a good one. Um, this is Felix. So she has now gone to his house. She had about a week where she was like basically catatonic. Uh, he called the doctor in privately to see her. They stitched her up or whatever they had to do. Um, so she is now healthy-ish, maybe not mentally, but physically. And it has been a few weeks since that incident. And she's been living with him and she calls him F or Felix. He calls her Saf, which I think Saf is a very cute nickname. Yeah. Um, and I like that he like didn't just call her Sapphire. Like, like he made his own sort of name for her. I was going to say pet name, but like made her his own name for her, which I enjoyed. Anyway, so... He says at one point he like sees her like doing something and he's like, I wanted to fuck her full and then keep trying until her belly swelled and her womb was full of me. I felt like a nasty pervert thinking about it like that. And I was like, I bet you Shawnee's going to like this. I love it. I love it. Even though. So, I mean, the sex in this book, Isabella writes fun sex. I agree. Okay. I agree. Um, Dirty sex. Like the the dirty. I would talk. say it was like I would say it was a five five star flames. I mean, I would yeah. say it was a hot book. It was a very hot book. Yeah, because even I wasn't feeling stranger um, that much, and it did it for me. I was like, okay, okay, that dirty talk. But I definitely, and I don't think I talked about it on this podcast. I think we were on Sarah's podcast when we actually talked about this. Mm-hmm. But I very much have my kinks surround like um, primal things, like breeding, cum, right. like that sort of thing. So I love. A raw fucking sure. no condom, sure. especially when it's like a like a forced situation or like a, a slightly forced situation. Yeah, like, like a, consensual non-consent. Right, exactly. Um, and like when he was like, "I'm not gonna use that. Con- I'm not gonna use a condom." He's like, "No, no." Yeah. I was like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> um, I love that. I not love in the- real life, unless we see your test scores. But exactly. Yes, <laughs> Did you score a hundred? What? 
Um, but but like I love the generous use of cum in this mm-hmm. book. A lot of cum. A uh, lot of cum. And oh, I, just, I bet you like the scene after they de- double teamed her and then watched the cum pour out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bridget. I <laughs> yeah. was like, and every so often I go through like these phases, right, where uh-huh. I'll read a bunch of breeding books. Um, and then I'll be over them. I'll just be like, I can't do it anymore. And then I'll read a bunch of dark romance and then I just can't read anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read a bunch of historicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's like whatever you're in the mood for, at least yeah. for me, like I can't, I don't read them all year long. I probably read them most when I'm ovulating. <laughs> I also go back and forth and I do have to say that if you guys are looking for some lighter stuff, I have been reading some other lighter romance novels that I'll talk about on Patreon as well. Um, just to like balance out the darkness that we've been going through. Um, okay. One so, of the things that, that Pornhub, they do like a study about uh-huh. what, what people are searching for. And it's interesting because the reason I wanted to talk about this on the podcast is that that's a big thing mm-hmm. that uh, people search for and women are searching for, for sure. on porn. Nobody sure. wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to keep it all hush hush. And stuff. Yeah. Like I have no desire to actually be pregnant. No. Like not at all. Yeah. But the idea is sexy. The idea is like, it's like the idea that somebody wants to do that. The idea that you like, that's what's Yeah, they want to like lay claim to you in all the ways that are able to lay claim. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I knew this guy who made a song that was like, um, it was a really fucked up song. It was like, uh, I put a baby in you because you wanted to go off to school and I was like, it was basically that. It's like. That's fucked up. It's so fucked up. That happens in real life. That's scary. <laughs> yes, it does. And, uh, but, but it's kind of speaks to that thing of like, when you put a baby in someone, that person's forever in your life. Like For you sure. Don't, you don't get to escape them. Every For time sure. they look at that child, they think of you. Hell and yeah. so there's just something so mental about that. I that I fucking love. I mean, I will say, as you know, I will not have any more children. And before I started to have my children, I did not want to have any children at that time. But while we were trying to have children, um, it was a very fun fantasy. I mean, it wasn't even a fantasy. It was like a very fun thing to like play with and like talk and like dirty talk about. Yeah. You know, like that was a great time. It's there's something I mean, now we still like now I'll still say shit, but I'm yeah. like, obviously, like you had a vasectomy and we can't have any more children. <laughs> Thank heavens for us because we don't want any more. But um, my partner will sometimes come and fun. whisper some of that shit in my ear, you yeah. know? He's like, oh, you're so cute. I want to put a baby in you. And I'll just be like, damn, where are we going? Upstairs, where are we going? Couch, where are we Bend going? Bend me over. Grab the blanket. Bend me over. <laughs> so funny. Table. Okay, I want to talk, speaking of bending over, I want to talk about, so Felix <laughs> is being really careful with uh, pet slash um, Saf yeah. when he brings her back. Because obviously, like, she had a bottle broken in her vagina, so he should be careful. And she was very brokenhearted about King and, like, a lot of things were going on. So he was kind of treating her with, like, some kid gloves, like, giving her support. And they were, like, watching Netflix together and, like, sort of, like, learning about each other and, like, falling into this relationship. But he wasn't giving her that that good, hard, crazy dick that she likes. Mm-hmm. And then... Travesty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then she tells him that she doesn't want to have sex with him and goes in the bathroom and she's having an orgasm in the bathtub while moaning his name. And he goes in and yanks her out of the bathtub (laughs) and then proceeds to drown her a little bit (laughs) while being like, you don't want me to touch you, but then you're going to moan my name, blah, blah. And like, and then he, again, no lube, has... Like, fucks her ass while also drowning her some, like, in and out of the bathtub. <laughs> and she's, like, very happy about it afterwards. And then she says, oh, because the doctor told me, I knew, like, 
blah, blah, blah. And the doctor told me it wouldn't be like, we can't have sex because of the baby or something like that. And I was like, well, that's patently false. So that was a weird statement. <laughs> and also I was like, he tried to, dr- he was drowning her. I was like, I mean, choking, I can get behind, but drowning in water would it be waterboarding folk now. <laughs> I was like, what is happening in this book, Johnny? I, you and know, then I was I, like, you know what? That's something you can't do with toddlers. Cause if your toddler saw your dad trying to drown your mom sexually, <laughs> toddler would be freaked the fuck out. I always wonder like, um, what people do in front of their kids and to what age. Right. But also like think about the bruises and stuff, because like, if you're a person who has no children and you're sporting some sexy love bruises, like MBD, but if I have a hickey, you better believe both my kids are poking it. Ask me about it. Wonder what it is. Yeah. And if I had but- like, if I had handprint choke mark on me, my kids would be concerned as well, mommy, well, something's wrong. You have a bruise on you. You need ice. And they're little. They don't know. They're little. Like they if don't you know, had a 12-year-old, they'd be like, yo, mom's dad choking you. Should I call yeah. DCFS? Should I call the police? <laughs> like, But I feel like, right, like your kids are at an age where if you give them an answer, they'll believe you, right? So yeah, you give a bruise, you're like, oh, man, mom bumped herself painting. And Kira would be like, oh, okay, I kiss the boo-boo. And that'd be it. Sure. That would be, <laughs> she'd be moved on. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder, like I was talking to my, to my, uh, to my sister about this, and it was like, She's like, oh, yeah, I fuck all the time with the baby in the room, right? Which I totally, I'm down for. I'm like, that baby didn't know, know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Get yours, you know? But I always wonder, uh, when is the uh, time people go, you know what? Like, now. Like, your kid comes up to you while you're having sex poking you, and it's like, hey, is that the moment you go, okay, this is the time you guys, you need to go to <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot of cultures where, like, the parents have sex at night, and the kids are just, like, on a pallet asleep next to them. Yeah. Um, and actually they do, they say that there's a part of the reason why people have, um, or part of the reason they theorize that people have so many problems with sex or like misguided expectations of what it is or get into troubling situations is because you no longer see animals having sex and you no longer see your parents having sex. Yeah. So if you grow up in a culture where you see animals having sex, you see your parents having sex, Like, even if you're not, like, at, you know, five years old, like, sitting up and watching the whole thing, you hear it, you hear the sounds, you hear that they whisper nice things to each other, usually, I mean, but you kind of see that it's not, like, some crazy porno, whereas now a lot of kids are learning about what sex looks like from things that are done by professionals who are, like, bendier than any human being has a right (laughs) to be, or they're asking for things that you're like, do I have to do that? Yeah. Or should I want that? Mm -hmm. And they're not getting that. Like, you don't see, like... Two dogs just going at it typically, or you don't see like a cow giving birth or whatnot, depending on what part of the world you live in. So uh, to circle back to that, it depends on your culture, I would assume. I mean, our kid never slept in our room because, as you know, I believe that my child should be in their room (laughs) so I can sleep. Um, So our kid never slept in our room. Um, So, yeah, but I don't know, like, I mean, certainly we would stop having sex if she came in and we were having sex. You'd be like, we're hugging. <laughs> yeah, Make we would it. definitely stop. We actually have never, I mean, we've never had sex. Like, while they're awake, we just, like, don't have sex. Because yeah. they're so little and they take long naps and they sleep at night. So it's, like, not a big deal. And also, I feel like I would lock the door and just prevent that whole scenario <laughs> from happening. There would be a locked door in between. Once they reach an age where, like, they will survive without my direct attention at all yeah. times there will just be a locked door if that should need to happen i always thought it would be cool to like because i like read all these studies about like you know co-sleeping with their babies this and that whatever yeah. and i think 
fundamentally do what works for you. Sure, of course. Um, and I, I like the idea, like, if I had a kid of, like, co-sleeping, other than the fact that they're going to kick me in my fucking nuts all damn night. Yes, they do. And, and in your face. I, in my face and all your that. boobs. And I was like. Kira hit mm. my bladder so hard with her elbow when she climbed in the other morning at, like, 6.30. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? I was like, you lay still or you get out. And you're like, today's the day you and die. She, like, she laid <laughs> She laid like a little mummy. She almost made me pee all over the bed. She like, I mean, she like sumo dropped on me. She like was standing and just full dropped her elbow right on my bladder while I was asleep. And it woke me up and I was like, what's happening? Why are you here? Well, I thought of having this idea of having like a community bed, right? Yeah. Like. We're like, we can all bundle in together on this bed, right? The yeah. kids uh, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they fall asleep and then you communally get your ass out the bed. <laughs> <laughs> you trick them you trick into them. thinking that's your bed, but yeah. it's not. You have your own bed. Have that's own a bed. separate bed. But I called the communal bed my bed. I'd be like, that's no, no, that's mama's bed. So they, because they only want it because it's yours. Of course. They want to fuck you. They, they want to be by you. And they want to fuck you. <laughs> she, like, calls, she calls me and Leo's bed the family bed. <laughs> I want to sleep in the family bed. I go, it's not a family bed. It's mommy and daddy's bed. <laughs> your bed is in your room. It's like, you know, you put the same food in front of you and your kid and they're like, I want to eat off your plate. Of course, of course. That's fucking funny, though. Yeah. I should try that at our new house. Like, get a bed and be like, okay, here's you can come sleep with mommy. And then when they're passed out, just be like, peace, peace. and go into my room. And really, it's their room, but they think it's my room. That would be funny. They would know I wasn't there in the morning, though. They would catch on pretty quick, I think. Oh, man. They would know, but you would just probably be I, Shawnee, I don't think you would. I think you would only like co-sleeping when they're really little. I don't think you would like co-sleeping. I co-slept with my little cousins, and I didn't like it. I don't think you would like bit, it. Boy, they... But also because you like to fool around, and, like, you can't fool around if there's a kid in between you. Nah. Nah. It would really put a cramp on my style, you know what I'm saying? It would put a real cramp on your style. <laughs> real cramp. Real crap. Plus, you like to stay up late and stuff like that. And oh, it's yeah. Like, those little fools. Be yeah, I think my day, I, I think I figured out my schedule, by the way, uh, dear listeners. So I am a night owl. And yes. I've been, during COVID, I gave myself permission to actually follow the hours of my body, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I think I've come to, like, settle on the fact that I'm going to wake up at about 4 a.m. in the morning, which is what seems to work. And also seems to work with the schedule of my partner, too, not being, you know, crazy. Um but if I when I wake up at four, I can go to sleep at ten. I wake up at four, fully rested, and mm-hmm. the world is still super quiet. And I have the most efficient like three to four hours I've ever had. I mean, I crushed a to do list yesterday. I only left off the one thing that was giving me stress. It's <laughs> good. Sometimes you got to do that. But but I was like, I've done this for a few nights now, and I was just like, you know what? I think this is. I'm gonna try this for a month and see how this like really pans out. I love that. So we'll see how that goes. I um need to like reconvince myself that it's a good idea to do what I was doing, which was nice, which was like, wake up, not even that early, like 6.30, maybe six, just to have like 45 minutes before my kids start making noise to like drink my tea, read a little bit, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom with no one in there with me, like (laughs) shower, maybe exercise if it's that day. And then like, just mentally, like think about what I'm going to make everyone for breakfast, like things like that, you know? Um, Cause I did it this morning and I was like, oh, I'm so much nicer when no one's waking me up being like, mommy, it's awake time. And I'm like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> it's much better when I'm the one saying, wake up. <laughs> You're like, stop listening to Dora. She's going to get you killed. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. I do quickly want to wrap up this review yeah, talking about the fact that I was not that upset that she got pregnant because they were very 
unclear about birth control. So I was actually happy she got pregnant and there was a consequence to not using condoms yeah. and birth control. Um, although then they mentioned birth control and I was like confused about what was going on. Yeah. They mentioned pills, not specific pills. But they could have been anti-anxiety. Who knows? Um, it, was, it was a very scattered book. It was me. a very scattered book. And then, uh, but I don't necessarily like in, so then it fast forward, it's like the epilogue is five years later. She has a five-year-old or four-year-old that they go every week to his gravestone and talk to him. And so they he knows all about, she's pregnant with the next kid. And first of all, I'm like, I'm sorry, you have a breeder fantasy husband. You would already have a three-year-old if yeah. you had a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. It should have been a year later, not five years <laughs> later. Hello. He would have knocked your ass up the next day that you were allowed to have sex again. Um, and neither here nor there, but it's true. And... Uh, if they're like you, then yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, clearly she's 18 years old. She's going to pop out kids like a motherfucker. She's, ch- she's young as hell. At this point in the book, she's now 23. I feel, like, I feel like 18, your vagina is like just ready, like always. It's got it's like its glove. It's it's like, it's got that hey, stick. It's got that sticky stuff. Okay, it's like, we, give it to me. Give are it to we me, ready? Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm going to catch those oh, baby sperms. Oh, I'm going to catch those baby sperms. <laughs> Let's get a baby sperm. Sperm, sperm, sperm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> I'm going to tuck that one away for later. <laughs> you guys, I wish you had just seen. Uh, maybe I'll post a little clip of our video. But like our, our little dance that we just did was fucking hysterical. Um, anyway, she ends it with an HEA with a ba- not only like King's baby. So she has like completion because she gets to watch like King's face grow up. But then also like she has a baby with. Felix and they're gonna get married. She has an engagement ring, and I'm like, it's been five years. You'd be married. That makes no sense. Let's go to our hero and heroine ratings. Let's take a quick break because I do have. I feel like there's gonna be thoughts in this section, and I do want to get to them for the people. All right, we'll take a break. Dear romance besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show can't be a patron you can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website thanks for the commission or you can leave a review for the show on apple podcasts screenshot your review send it to us on instagram and we'll send you some stickers now bridge let's get back to the ratings yes okay shawnee tell me what you thought about pet sapphire Saf. oh lady of name Um, I, I, it's weird because like Sapphire didn't even feel like her name whatsoever. No, Pet felt like her her name. I agree. Um, but I gave Pet a three. Okay, here's why. Tell me. Uh, mostly because I felt like no matter what crazy shit was going around, she was like controlling like what she wanted to do. The yep. only time I felt like she lost that control mm-hmm. was after the whole bottle incident where she mm-hmm. basically is like shipped off to Felix and mm-hmm. then Felix is taking care of her. And then she expressed wanting to leave at some point uh, to stay with Angel, you know, and he was like, no, no, I don't want you to leave or whatever. And that was the first time I really well, felt. She well, said Angel will let, I think, okay. So I reread that section because I was confused about who was saying what. Yeah. So Angel offered to let her stay. She tells Felix, like, oh, thanks for taking care of me, but you don't have to, like, I don't have to be your burden anymore. Angel said I could stay. And he's like, no, I want you to stay with me. Gotcha. So that's like, so it seems like at first I was like, oh, he's like trying to convince her. But then I was like, oh, she's like feeling like she should leave. And he's like, no, I don't want, do you think I want you to leave? Because I definitely don't. And she's like, oh, well, I want to stay with you. That's kind of the way. Oh, okay, okay. 
Because I read it differently. I was like, is she, is she trying to leave and he, he don't want no, her No, I think, leave? yeah, I think she was more just like, I but don't I, want him to feel like he should take care of me. But I feel like that speaks to their pairing. Because the fact that she feels like a burden on him, she don't know how he feel about her. She don't know where she totally, stands in totally, that totally, relationship. Totally. It, it, it was so strange. Yeah, because at that point he was trying to be, like, nice to her still. Yeah. He was trying to, like, give her space and not, like, control everything about her even though he wanted to. Yeah. Which is weird because King did the same thing, right, early in the book where, like, she wants to be savage. Sure, sure, she sure. wants to be Yeah, she freaking, had to, like, taunt him into it. Yeah. And then he finds out about her trigger with the anal stuff. And then he, like, backs off and he's, like, sweet right. and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not what brought yeah. her to you, bro. Yeah. Like, you yeah. had to you talk still about be mean, it. just you, don't have anal sex. Yes. <laughs> like, don't change it Change it up. Right. Now, oh, she's traumatized, so now I must be gentle. It's like, no. If the girl asking for yeah. it, give her what she's asking for. Give her for. what she's asking was, for, please. Yes. Anyway, so, so you gave her three. So I gave her three. I gave her four. I was on the fence between three and four, but I did give her a four um, because I agree. Like, I liked that she was like, no, like, I want this. I like that she became friends with Angel and, like, didn't. I felt like she could have been, like, much more catty in her, especially in her mind, being like, fuck it. I, even though King wants me to be friends with her, I'm not going to be friends with her because I'm jealous or blah, blah, blah. But, like, she she actually, like, gave her a chance and ended up being a good friend of hers. And I also liked that she was, like, pushing both of them and asking for what she wanted. So she's like, I want you both to fuck me at the same time. I want him to come back. I want you to brand me, which I thought was crazy. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, he branded her. At first, I thought he branded her on the pubic bone. But then it turns out it was the inside of her thigh. Yeah. And with his, like, signet ring. And I was like. Which makes no sense to the story of the book. Because he knows he's going to die. I agree. And also... Like, stranger says, oh, my God, brand her. She's not cattle. You're fucking crazy. And then he ends up helping hold her down. And I was like, because she, like, looks at him and, like, kind of, like, pleads for him to come help and, like, hold her hand. And then he, like, kind of gets off on it. And I was like, y'all are batch. You all are batshit crazy. I almost took a full star off her because I'm like, you wanted to get branded, you crazy girl. It reminds me of Nexium, that cult Nexium, where, like, all the women were getting branded and the women were holding down the other women to get branded and shit. Some crazy ass shit, man. You know what? I'm. You know what, Shawnee? You're removing a star, aren't you? No, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna yuck someone's yum. I really don't think you should get branded. You know, even if it's your kink, you can do you can do it for fake yeah. so that you are not permanently injured, and like you can do like a whole real delicious scene about it, but then not permanently injure yourself. I just don't tattoo, think it's a good idea. You know, listen. Without medical professionals, exactly. Present, how do you know it's sterile? I don't think. I don't think how it, do you know how hot to make it? It just seems like it's got a lot of real okay. concerning things that could happen to you. And I'm sorry, but I don't know okay, if I could get so behind it. You're kind of pointing out something that I think that I don't like about this book, which is you'll want to label this book BDSM, but it is not right because no, there's no explicit conversation right. about what we're agreeing to. There are no safe words. Right. There's no safe, sane, consensual sure. happening. Sure. So for me, this is not BDSM. This is not a good example of BDSM. Right. This is pure like erotic fantasy. It's like, like kinky taboo. master sub like sort of like dynamic, but it's not power play. There's definitely power, power play. Sex but, is punishment. Yeah, but, but like, I feel like there has to be some of these things in order to like label it like BDSM. Sure. Like for me, if I'm gonna get branded, 
I need medical professionals there, right? So when yeah, you... Yeah, there needs... That can't just be a spur of the moment in the sexual bliss. I just had yeah. two orgasms and made this decision kind Brands of shit. Brands don't just heal... <laughs> don't just heal magically. No. Like, they need some care. Yeah. And even when you go into, like, the kink community, people who do, like, needle play and hooks and things yeah. like that, they've trained to do those things. Sure. So, like... And they had a, like, teacher who was also trained and to do And they have a contract things. with that other person about exactly where it can go and how deep... Exactly. And what their aftercare will be and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I gave her four stars, and I'm sticking with it. But I I personally, but I I literally wrote, I personally think she's batshit crazy for getting her brand. When I was in college, the Q's, uh, I forget what fraternity that is, but the Q's, um, they would brand like this Q onto their arm, grown men, and they'd have these keloid brands. Yeah, yeah. I never understood it. I was like, not. I, I feel like if my kid came home branded. I mean, I, I understand. I would take I, them out of this life. <laughs> I would, I would be, as you probably are aware, so mad. And I would be like, what was the medical situation? <laughs> I would be like, do you have an infection? When did this happen? Do you use your ointment, vitamin E cream? Like, what's your protocol? Yeah, no. Um, all right, let's talk yeah. about King. What was your hero, King? Your, uh, uh, King I gave King a two, and I said, because he bitched out and died. <laughs> Shawnee. Oh my God. And I would have, and if I was her, I would have gone to his grave after his funeral and I would have peed out the headstone. I would have, yeah, I wouldn't have like brought his son there every day. Not a chance in hell. I wouldn't tell my son about you. I was like, oh. Well, I might, I would probably tell my kid, especially if he wasn't going to look like the actual dad. I would probably tell him that he had a different dad, but like, I said, what? Okay, this is my my thing. What a roller coaster with him. Jeez. <laughs> the man can fuck and control and dirty talk. However, he was not honest with her about a lot of things. Yeah. And left a lot of fucked up, I'm doing this for you without choosing vibes. And then he actually injured her. And then he left her to be taken care of by a stranger and didn't even help when she was injured. So two stars. But maybe like three, or does it make him four stars because he's a dark romance lead and so we should want him to do these things. I was all confused in my head about what's going on, but I'm sticking with two, I think. These things didn't do it for me. They didn't give me the warm and fuzzy. They didn't give me they didn't give me they didn't like the warm and some nasties. of them gave me like early on gave me like the the sexy fuzzies. Yeah. But not the like they gave me a lot of like, yo, bro, like get your mind right, fuzzies too. <laughs> okay, what did you think about Stranger? I like Stranger better personally than Felix as a name. Cause Stranger was hot. Stranger Felix was, hot. was just like a dude. Yeah, Felix, Stranger was hot. Yeah, it was like when Pestilence got this name of yeah. Victor and we were like, oh, no, hard pass. Wow, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. Uh, Stranger Victor? was nice. Stranger was nice because there was that little mystery mm-hmm. to it uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I like Stranger. Uh, I gave Stranger a three. Okay. And I gave him more than I gave the other dude because, first of all, I felt like that he didn't have enough time in the book to do too much wrong. For sure. Um, he tried to help her yep. after the whole bottle incident, and he tried to care for her and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, I feel like he was fucked up when he met her initially, but that was, that was the mechanic of him. Right. Um, it was a little strange and how it all happened. Like, because Stranger wasn't in on King's plan. So, no. like... Stranger was just like well, he was I'm, just well. I think down he just the clown, like, really. Well, and also he recognized like because he said pretty early on, like the first time we were in his mind, that he was like something's wrong with our dynamic, and yeah. like I'm gonna get her out of there. Like she shouldn't be with him. Yeah, she should be with me. And I was like, okay, like that's nice, I guess. Yeah, 
but I call them Mick Stranger Danger or, <laughs> or so Mick <good>. Leftovers. <laughs> Dude, I totally agree. I, I gave him like a three or four maybe, but I gave him a three just because like same thing you said, like I didn't feel like, I felt like he was a device for King to play her with, not a fully fleshed character. And also that crazy bathtub scene. I was like, yo, bro, you're going to drown her. This is crazy. Um, but he did get like five stars for Dirty Talk. Yeah. Because that man Dirty Talked in the way that I appreciate. So, but I, I think I'm going to stick with a three for him because like, like I think if he had had a few more chapters, he would have been a four. Like a few more chapters of them. So like, I think there was a missing point for me, which was, so you have the book, like you don't see him till 50% of the way through. And then the last like quarter of the book is just the two of them. But I felt like in that just the two of them, there needed to be like another chapter or two after she like heals from the initial thing where they fall in love. Like that's what I needed. I needed the fall in love chapter. The HA wasn't earned. Exactly. I needed that like, and I needed the fall in love chapter to be like him and her out together and him like telling her like, I want you to go into the bathroom and I want you to like lean over and wait for me and blah, blah. Like I needed some sort of like, I needed him to treat her like a sexual object the way she wanted yeah before the scene with the bathtub because the bathtub was like too far from like like there wasn't enough connecting that from like the bottle scene he takes care of her she decides to stay they fall into this like domestic thing while she's like mentally healing she finds out like her attacker's dead she meets his family like those are all very like domestic things, which I think are fine. But also I needed like one or two chapters of like them still being like, like him still being a dom to her and still like choking her or, or well, telling her like, you know, like we're going to go see my parents today. And like, you're going to be dripping full of my cum. Cause I'm going to like yes. get you pregnant. Write that book. Bridge. I know. Right. I'm like, I'm going to get you pregnant. And I want you to know, like, they're going to love you, but they're not going to know that like my cum is like dripping on your underwear or whatever. Like I needed something for her to like, well, okay. So ever since we read it ain't me, babe, yeah. I quantified what was bothering me. Right. Yeah. And it's, Every book, I can't unsee it now, which is, and it ain't me, babe. They had nothing in common. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zero in common. There was no reason for them to be together mm. other than sex. And as we all know, sex is only so much of your day right. or week, right? Yeah, it's like a very small it's sliver. It's a very small part. Intense. So if yeah. all I have in common with you is sex, then right. I only need to see you like once a week. Yeah. Like, I, why are we building a relationship? What's right. going on? And I think that's the kind of thing, like with King initially, First off, it was like that new relationship energy. So they were fucking all the time. You could sure. be you could be in it. But when she gets with Felix, I you need more to yeah. explain why this couple and is like, together. I think I almost feel like the author was like, This book's getting long. I better wrap it up because she says like in passing a bunch of things that I wish had been more fleshed out, which was like she says like he um like he's encouraging me to like go back to school and to get my degree. And I was like, Oh, I love that. Like, but I wish that was like we got to see that conversation where she's like He's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, oh, you love art? Like, I'm going to take you to all these art galleries or I'm going to, like, help you get into college or whatever. Like, I wanted to see him, like, I wanted to see the dynamic, which I think is what she was trying to set up, which is, like, he was controlling but in a good way. Because, like, she mentioned something about, like, oh, she left the bathroom door open a little bit. The way I told her, she always has to so I can always see her. Yeah. So, like, she, she still follows orders like a good girl or whatever, something like that. 
So I I wanted to see more of that where he's like controlling. He lays her outfits out because she likes it. So he's like taking care of her in that like dominating way she likes. But he's also doing what King didn't do, which is not trapping her in her house. He's helping her like grow and like go to college and make friends and go out and see people. But he's also doing it with like, again, like come in her underwear dripping down her legs her friends don't know about. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So, exactly. like, I wanted exactly. the balance. I you He was supposed to be the balance, and I think he went too far to the good guy side. Yeah. Except for that. the drowning scene, which I think was too far to the crazy <laughs> side. And I wanted a happy a happy medium. Well, so you couldn't convince me this book wasn't a fan fiction at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> Jane. Jane. <laughs> Every Mark. chapter has, has information in it that never comes to fruition later, right? Mm. So, so when you're writing chapter by chapter, you're like, oh, you know what? In the end, I'm going to do this thing. And then as you write the next chapter, you're like, oh, that thing won't work. So then you it, that thing stays in the story, but it never, it, it doesn't fulfill a mechanic, you know? And this book was filled with a lot of those. That's why the pills that didn't make any sense when they mentioned her taking pills or whatever. Like, this is clearly a fan fiction author who does not know how to take her her story to novel form. And that drives me insane because I'm not here for like a, a crazy like uh, Latin I, novella. I don't know I'm how here. you would find that out. Like I actually don't think that's true. No, no. I know I, like I don't know how you find it out. But this like I would bet money that this is because well, you there's think, so you think much the, information you think the author- that's useless in this book. You think the author came from a fan fiction background or this specific book was fan fiction at one point? I feel like, one, she definitely came from fan fiction. And two, she probably wrote this as a fan fiction. Maybe she didn't post it, but then she decided, you know what? I have a whole novel here. Why waste it? And decided to to do it with very little editing. There's just all these threads that are not connected. And that's what drives you crazy. That's why this book feels like chaos. At a certain point, right, she's with with King halfway through the book. We have a full story. I was down for the halfway through the book story. Even yes. though there were some weird things, I was down for their relationship and their HEA. Then all of a sudden, there's a menage. Yeah. All of a, King is dying. He's got leukemia. It but it wasn't all- even a menage where they got to be together. They all got to like, like even if King and Stranger hadn't been together, I actually thought when they first came in that he was going to like move in with them and become part of their... So like him and King aren't in a relationship sexually, but they're both in a relationship with her. At first. Yeah. But like, but then no. That didn't if they happen. had both, this was her BT Dubs. This is her tenth book she published. Yes, she needs more work. I just, I'm just well, they all were published within like two years of each other, so they you. were not. It's it just perfect. for me. For me, the book, like, I love the sex scenes, and they would shine if the book was better written. The story yeah. and the plot and all of that is so all over the place for me. There was and a lot, so in, many, especially like, in the second half of the book. There was like a lot of stuff coming fast and I'm furious like, from all directions. What's yeah. happening? Yeah, there were definitely a lot of parts where I was like, "Okay, we're in a new situation." Yeah, new situation. I was chatting with Jane in our meeting earlier, and me and Jane were both like, "Woo, this book was a doozy. <laughs> this book was a doozy." <laughs> it, 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 you know, it really felt like because I, I was trying to break it down. I like, called him a McChokabitch. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, at first, I was like, "This book feels like she edited out random parts and never made the book reconnect itself." Or it's like, like two books became you know? one book. Like Stranger was book two, and then it all became book one or something. Oh, that could be. I mean, I feel like some authors yeah. are doing it, but it doesn't matter. There's still too many facts that have no right. connection later. I so don't disagree. I I would bet that this is a fan fiction. What was your 
Well, we have no way to prove that veracity unless some of you just randomly know this. If anybody Instagram knows us, if this was a fan fiction, let us, let us know. Bridget is the competition right now. Bridget, <laughs> not to not. I am. I don't think it was fan fiction, but I don't not think she had a past in fan fiction. That could very well be true. Yeah. I don't think this specific book was necessarily fan fiction. No. Right. Um, oh wait, actually, what was your favorite line? Wait, what are we doing? Our favorite line. Your favorite okay. line. Welcome to Bridget's Sexy Corner. Bridget's Sexy Corner. Okay, this is a long one, you guys, because this whole scene, I was like, oh, welcome. I'm going to need you to have that real real good sexy You ready? Okay, let me just, here we go. So this is Stranger and Pet sitting at the bar, and they're not supposed to be together, away from King. Would you let him fuck you in the ladies' room? I growled in her ear as she put her hand over mine and squeezed my fingers. Would you let him come in your ass in there and plug it up? Would you let him walk you back over here with no panties on, hoping your ass doesn't leak around the plug and trickle down your long legs? Please, she wheezed. She was already so close. Such a good girl. Would you let him make you come up to me and ask me to back to your apartment? Fuck you like a little cum toy, I went on. And would you say it in front of anyone here with cum in your ass and your pussy dripping down your legs? And I was like, stranger, welcome to the show, son. (laughs) Snake. Well, if you're going to show up, show up I was like, if you're going to show up halfway through, you better kick through the door. (laughs) I do have to say that he did kick through the door. I just think the last few chapters with them was the problem. It wasn't the, like, initial scene of him having sex with her at the window. It wasn't them, like, yearning for each other during those other menage scenes. It wasn't this scene. It was the after the bottle incident. That ending, like, three chapters where I was like, okay, you set up that she has this pull towards him. You set up that they have a connection and a desire for each other. You set up that even in public without King there, they like are still have that connection. And like, even though she wants to obey King, she wants to like stay with stranger more. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. And then after the bottle, like you don't reestablish that separately from king like that was my thing yeah anyways what was king, your favorite quote king seemed to be like the glue like i right. needed king to stay alive exactly for that all to work for me yeah um i i only picked one quote and i read it already oh, okay it's all all my breedy quotes okay. <laughs> all right well what was your what was your favorite review because i already read mine okay my favorite review was from nani noni which is interesting because nani is actually my nickname this book left me confused frustrated and yes Even angry. I enjoyed the story just fine, right up until Stranger came into the picture. From that point onward, the story just went downhill for me. And don't even get me started on the ending, which is a big fuck up. I felt let down and even somewhat cheated. I spent time investing in Pet and King, only to have my head and feelings screwed in every direction. And I felt very much this was the case because... I when I go into a story, I and I want that HEA, I want it for the couple. Mm-hmm. And or King, I want to know early on that that's not the couple. Exactly. Yeah. So for me to ke- to take the book as long as it did with Pet and King, mm-hmm. just to have that switcheroo at the end mm-hmm. makes me feel very like lied to. Mm-hmm. You took my emotions, <laughs> you know. You're toying with my emotions. <laughs> You're toying with my emotions. Yeah. You know. Um, and like I think you should have shown up like thirty percent in. Yeah, even if if he wasn't like in it, in it, Mm -hmm. but if he just showed up and so you get an inkling that there's another person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. you get a, like a Edward Jacob type Mm -hmm. thing. Like who, who's Mm -hmm. the, who's the one for you? You know, shit. She should have made this a choose your own adventure book. and like, turn to page seven. If you want 
fucking stranger to be the dude, Ooh, I would. I mean, so dude, down that for would that. be a. Suit. Can we do that? Let's make a, cha- a, a, yes. a, a romance. Choose your own fucking that would be crazy. <laughs> I love that idea. Oh my god, let's figure out how to make that happen. That's fucking awesome. That would be great. Um, so overall, I was torn in this book between a three and a four because, like I said, like the sex scenes were super, super hot. Yeah, I was here for them. So I would definitely say like this would go on like Shawnee's one shot scenes of of goodness. Yes. Um, However, like Shawnee and I have both mentioned, but like the plot does tend to fray in the second half of the book quite a bit. Um, so, but I was between the three and the four because I'm like, it's dark romance. So it's like, I feel like, but it also like went with the bottle scene. I was like, what? So anyways, I think I'm going to end up on a three. Um, <laughs> even though I feel like with like some small tweaks, it could easily have been a four book for me. Yeah. But also I think the sex scenes were five. Yes. So it's like, you know. The balance. It's I, hard for me. It's hard for me, Shawnee, because you know the sex, a good sex scene in an erotic dark romance it, can certainly elevate the material. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. I don't know. Uh, this book definitely would it's make it. It's on the it, fence. <laughs> this book definitely would make it on my uh, quickies for your quickie list. Quickie for your quickie, man. Um, it's, the sex was hot. The dirty talk was hot. Super hot. I mean, Isabel Starling can write fucking yes. hot ass sex scenes. Uh, oh, but- speaking of which, Shawnee, I'm going to tell you all about Peep Show, which is not a sequel. It's a standalone also, but it has the same neon letters and like cover style. It's still her. It's still her. And it is about uh, two people who live across like a New York City street, like balconies. Uh-huh. And she, at the very beginning, she sees him fucking another girl and watches and he sees her watching and he like watches her while she's watching and that's a start to a very great and uh, really it's, nice story. It's pretty erotic so far. You I know what's funny? It. I feel like some of these authors have really great premises. Like they like they're in the shower one day and they're like, I got it. You yeah. know? And like pestilence. Great, great yeah, yeah. premise. And then they fuck it up along the way. <laughs> and they fuck it <laughs> all up. I don't know up. whether they I'm not do far too enough. too much. I'm not far enough they in. It feels like there might be too many issues in this book. And like it might be doing too much. But I'm not far enough in it yet to yeah. know. But I'll let you know on Patreon. But yeah. But anyway, so. so Great uh, dirty talk though. Still. <laughs> like great sex scenes. Great dirty talk. Yes. It's working for me so far. Totally. So, so Isabella, she can write a sex scene, and yeah. I would recommend anybody who really loves some really fucked up, erotic, yeah. dark sex, yeah. all the trigger warnings, it's yeah. all there for you. Yeah. Um, but the plot and everything else about this book did not at all work for me. Yeah. So plot-wise, I was at a one. Okay. And sex-wise, I was at a five. Okay. So I met in the middle. Love and it. I was like, I'm going to give it a three. Because I was between a two and a three. But I was like, you know what? She really nailed the sex. And I always say, if an author really nails that sex for me, like, I ca- like I got to show the love. Show the you love. know what I mean? Because you're showing me the love, so I'm going to show you the love. <laughs> so so I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Well, yeah. Jane, do you want to weigh in? Do you have a, a rating for what did you think? My two cents is that uh, when I was a server... Old men hitting on me did not start anything. No, no, no. It was creepy. <laughs> Soup's creepy. Soup's creepy. Soup's creepy. I totally agree. I once had an old man put a dollar tip because he was like old white man from a country club, like 70 year old, put a dollar tip in my shirt pocket and I almost threw up on the floor on the train. I was like, Kate, thanks. And like walked away. And I was like, you're a creep. But also like he wasn't a 40 year old, like sexy as hell, silver fox. So I'm like... But yeah, no. 40-year-olds when I was 18, I was like, you're an old-ass man. Hell no. no. Yeah. 
Oh, also, speaking of ages, I wish that Felix had been, like, 28 instead of 32. Mm. Or 27. Because at one point, King calls him boy. And then he's like, how old are you? He's like, 32. He's like, you're only eight years younger than me. And she's 12 years younger than you or whatever. And, or 14 years younger than you. And I was like, I wish, like, he had been 28. And then it was like, you're only 12 years younger than me. She's 10 years younger than you, too. Like, meaning, like, you're not that, like old or what i don't know yeah I like i wish but i wished he was more of like a boy like closer to her age more of a boy but like 32 but then he has like this like tech job that's sort of like undefined and then he starts working for his dad at a hotel or something so he's like old money and i was like but there wasn't enough time to get into all that so i was like do we care about this no we don't actually i think you have a point there though because i think that would have added one more or if he was like 25 jealousy. or 26 well or it, like it just, could have justified a little bit more of king's jealousy too because yeah. like this young boy can give you something that this old boy can't you know or like yeah uh, and i know he's gonna like love her and i'm dying and yeah know, you know but still like all of the we had king's point of view and yeah. i felt like none of this we information yeah, was it was it was a side available. it was a hans from frozen situation you yes. guys the hans dust <laughs> hans dust you'll never hans us again all right you guys on that epic ending note until next time until next time and also welcome jane also welcome Welcome, jane again we love having you here you guys i told shawnee earlier today i was like i love jane so much i'm keeping her forever she did that was like the first thing she said we picked up the phone (laughs) so you guys we want you to know that jane is the best um and we're excited to have her and we're excited to have all of you and all of our new dear listeners. Absolutely. So, until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.